Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. This is the California Report. Good morning. I'm Lily Jamali. We begin with a big change in policy governing how we vote here in California. From now on, California voters will get a ballot in the mail by default in all future elections. It's the result of a new law signed by Governor Gavin Newsom. KQED's Guy Marzarati has more. California is the eighth state in the U.S. to enact a universal vote-by-mail system. The process was tested during the pandemic. Voters here have received mail-in ballots by default in all elections since last November. The law will likely continue the trend of more Californians voting days or even weeks before Election Day. In this year's recall election, millions of California voters cast their ballots early, either through the mail or by dropping them off at a voting location or drop box. For the California California Report, I'm Guy Marzarati. Just days before the state's COVID-related eviction moratorium is set to expire, a coalition of nearly 100 community groups is asking state lawmakers to extend it. With the expiration on October 1st, property owners in many places in California can once again try to evict tenants who have fallen behind on rent, a policy put on hold because of the pandemic. To evict, landlords must show they or the tenant has applied for rent relief and that the state either denied the request or didn't respond within a certain period. Housing Now Executive Director Francisco Duenas says he's afraid many eligible tenants won't get the help they need. Many tenants, when they receive or hear that they will be evicted, just move. They don't go to court to fight it. The California Apartment Association opposes an extension. A federal judge is ordering all state prison guards and other staff to be vaccinated against COVID-19 in order to enter any prison facility. KQED's Alex Emsley reports. Judge John Tiger noted several factors in his decision to order vaccinations for tens of thousands of state prison employees. They include a low vaccination rate among custody staff, fewer than one in five guards at one state prison, as well as repeated outbreaks traced back to prison employees that have sickened and killed incarcerated people. We have one client fighting for her life right now in a hospital. She was fully vaccinated. Rita Lomio is a staff attorney at the prison law office. The risk in the prison setting is so, so high. And with so many unvaccinated staff, it's just unacceptable. 
The prison system disputes the court's finding that its failure to mandate vaccinations amounts to deliberate indifference. That's according to a spokesperson. The president of the Correctional Officers Union says they're looking into legal options. For the California Report, I'm Alex Emsley. NBA training camp starts today, and a big question is looming over the Golden State Warriors, the availability of starter Andrew Wiggins. The league is not mandating that players be vaccinated for COVID-19, but in San Francisco and New York, that is a requirement if they want to play in home games due to local health mandates. Wiggins's request for a religious exemption was denied by the NBA. He addressed the media yesterday and said his vaccination status is a private matter. Who are you guys where I have to explain what I believe or, you know, what's right, what's wrong in my mind with two totally different people. Warrior star Steph Curry was asked about the situation. We're all in the same boat, so we hope, you know, he's available. If not, we adjust accordingly, but we hope not. The Warriors' first regular season home game is on October 21st. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. And now to a major investigation from NPR's California Newsroom. It's called Dangerous Air. An analysis of more than 10 years of data found a tremendous spike in the amount of smoke we're breathing from San Diego to the Oregon border with disturbing health outcomes. Farida Javala Romero reports from rural Northern California where people have been living with the most days of smoke. At Tim Pedroso's farm, Two dozen cows walk on acres of pasture and munch happily on grass. But last year, his farm, 100 miles north of Sacramento, was inundated with smoke. Pedroso says that led to a big outbreak of painful pink eye infections. One cow lost her eye. All of those, the group of heifers, every single one of them had it. Scientists say that because smoke irritates the eyes, it can make animals or people more susceptible to infections like pink eye. Pedroso also worries about what all that bad air, year after year, is doing to his body. He remembers seeing huge plumes of smoke from his doorstep as wildfire consumed the nearby town of Paradise in 2018. If you smell smoke, it's probably not so good, but when you smell rubber and plastic... (laughs) Real strong chemicals, I just think that's what, you know, we really, really need to avoid. Glen County, where Pedroso's farm is located, has suffered from some of the most persistent wildfire smoke. 
nearly three months a year on average, between 2016 and 2020. That's according to an investigation by NPR's California Newsroom that found millions of people across California and the western United States have been exposed to a tremendous rise in wildfire smoke. Here's our data journalist, Alison Saldana. You have places like Chico and Sacramento where it's nearly two months of uh, wildfire smoke exposure. Saldana analyzed a decade of smoke data in partnership with Stanford University's Environmental Change and Human Outcomes Lab. Together, they studied federal satellite images to count the days smoke showed up in each zip code. And they found it all over the state. Places like L.A. are now witnessing, on average, about 30 days of smoke. In California, residents of Willows, a town near Pedroso's farm, were exposed to smoke the most often, three months on average per year. So uh, that was the cafeteria area. This is um, just one of the hallways. Dr. Jared Garrison is the Glen County Health Officer. He shows me around the small hospital in Willows. I'm taking you down to where the clinic is. Garrison says the smoke has hastened the death of some of his patients with lung problems. That's consistent with scientific research that has found dangerous microscopic particles in wildfire smoke can make lung and heart problems worse. You know, it, it is associated with sudden cardiac death, so people just kind of dying all of a sudden. There's um, data that shows that it's linked with cancer. Here in California, state data show the smoke is sending more people to the hospital. NPR's California Newsroom found 30,000 more hospitalizations for lung and heart problems in 2018 than just two years before. When the individuals have means, I, I suggest they get out of the area, get away from the smoke if they've got severe lung problems. On hazy days, Vietnam veteran Larry George is stuck inside his two-bedroom house watching TV. It just feels like you're, you're not allowed to go out. You know, you don't have the freedom you had. George has a chronic lung problem. Even walking a few steps to his pickup truck is difficult. You know, it's like you've been running. That's kind of the way you get the feeling. You get to where, <laughs> like that. So he's thinking of moving to Illinois to live with his stepdaughter. Back at Tim Pedroso's farm, he says he's also considering leaving the state to protect his health. My doctor did say that I probably have smoke damage, so I don't want to stick around here and get worse. If mega wildfires continue, more Californians might also see their lives changed because of dangerous air. For The California Report, I'm Farida Javala-Romero in Willows. And that is The California Report for this Tuesday, September 28th. We are a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Lily Tramali. Thank you for listening. Support for The California Report comes from Stanford Medicine. Protecting your health and providing dependable care with safe in-person appointments and video visits. StanfordHealthCare.org slash AdaptingCare. SFMOMA, presenting the world premiere of Joan Mitchell, a stunning retrospective of over 80 works by the trailblazing painter who made art on her own terms. Learn more at sfmoma.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy harnesses the power of people and science to create innovative solutions for a healthy environment, 
just societies and opportunities for human achievement. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hi there, I'm Randa Dirfatah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.